You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. So Judges chapter 15, verse 15 on down. You're very familiar, hopefully, with the story. If not, you will get familiar with it today. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. Then Samson said, with the donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. With a donkey jawbone, I have killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, <clears throat> he threw away the jawbone and placed it in a, call, a, a place, uh, uh, and the place was called Ramath Lay. Because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant this great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Verse 19, Then God opened up the hollow place in Lehi, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned. And he revived. I'd like to speak for a few moments using as a subject the fresh jawbone of a donkey. Fresh jawbone of a donkey. In this story, this story is a very interesting story. There are some things in this passage of scripture that I believe merit our attention. Not only that, but intertwined in these verses, we find that obeying God will always bring a blessing even in difficult times. Let me say that again. Obeying God will always bring a blessing even in difficult times. Samson in this passage represents the church. He has a divine assignment to advance the kingdom of God. He's been commissioned just like the church and just like us. We have been commissioned as a church to set the captives free and understand that this is the favorable year of the Lord. In Judges chapter 15 verse 9, we find that the Philistines went up and camped in Judah, spreading out near Lehi. The Philistines were always the enemies of the people of Israel. And what's interesting is that they dared to go and camp in Judah. The Philistines are always fighting and having war against the people of God. And in this occasion, we find that the people of God are under the oppression of the Philistines. Now, you've got to understand the spirit of a Philistine. I don't think there's any here in this church, but so that you can identify them if they are. The spirit of a Philistine is this. When you read the Bible, you'll always find that the Philistines are always close to the people of God. Two, to benefit 
from the blessings of God. Three, without making and having a commitment to God. Let me say that again. The spirit of a Philistine is that, that I always want to be close to the people of God. Because I know that the people of God are going to be blessed. So I want to be with the people of God to obtain the blessings of God. But without making a commitment to God. Wherever you see the Bible with the Philistines, they're always camping, like we just said right now, close to the people of God. And whenever God blessed everything they did, they'd show up with, with, with wagons to take away the harvest from the people of God, the blessing of God, but they never made a commitment to God. When you hang around that type of spirit, when you're surrounded by that type of people, when you are living among them and you are not careful to take care of the relationship that you have with God, listen to what I'm going to say, you too will become victim of that spirit of the Philistine. You'll find yourself wanting to do the same thing. Let's do it backwards. You don't want to be committed to God anymore. But you still are demanding to have the blessings of God. And you don't mind hanging around with the people of God. But you're not committed to serve God. And when you're around that long enough. You should already know that Judah means praise and that will mean nothing. And I'll talk to that, about that in a minute. That all your convictions that you have and everything that God has made you to be all of a sudden becomes insignificant because of that oppressing spirit that has come upon you. The people of God had come to that point where they were already de depressed, where, where they, they no longer felt the commitment. And so... This is what happens to the people of Judah. I'm in, I'm in Judges chapter 15, verse 10. When the people or the Philistines come and camp with the people of Judah. Check that out. You have the Philistines camping the people of Judah. Let me say that. You have the people, the Philistines, camping with the people of Judah. When you are not careful with your relationship with God, you'll be surprised who you allow to camp next to you. That when you have a strong conviction with God, you're not going to let just anybody camp with you. But they're in a situation now that the Philistines come and camp with them. And in verse 15, uh, verse 10, it says this, that, that, that the men from Judah, they don't have it over there, I forgot to put that one in. It says that the men from Judah said, why have you come up against us? And talking about the Philistines, the Philistines say, we've come to take Samson a prisoner to do to him what he's done to us. My, my mind goes back to what Judah means. Judah means praise. By now you didn't know that. That's what it means. And God has given you a weapon called praise that you should be able to use to praise your way out of your depression and praise your way out of your dilemma and praise your way out of your situation. It's a, it's a weapon, a mighty and powerful weapon, one that Satan would want to silence because that position was stripped away from him when he rebelled against God. So God gives us, sometimes permits, 
situations in our lives so that he could see if for real, for real, we're everything that we said we are. And if we'll do everything we said we would do in God. Sometimes these circumstances are permitted to come to our lives because it's those circumstances, it's those issues that reveal to us how much of God we have and how much of God we lack. It's not until you're going through a sickness that it reveals if you have faith that God can heal you or, 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 or you give in to the circumstance. It's not until you're going through a financial situation when you really find out, do I really trust God or, or, or I really don't trust God? Hello, somebody. And God allows circumstances in our lives to, to reveal to us how close we are to God and how much we have from God or how less we have and how far really away we are from God. In Judges chapter 15 verse 11, because of the spirit of the Philistine had already penetrated the camp of Judah and has silenced their praise. They have become conformed and they have submitted and become the, 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 the pawns of, of this Philistine spirit that now, again, Samson represents the church. Judah represents the people. And the Bible says in verse 11, Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Etham and said to Samson, I want you to pay close attention to this, 3,000 men of the Philistines? Is that what it says? No, don't say that. It says 3,000 men of who? Of Judah. They have been so oppressed by the spirit of the Philistine that they tell the Philistines, dude, you don't have to do anything. We'll, we'll take care of Samson for you. We'll go to Samson. It's not even the Philistines, the enemy, that is coming against Samson who represents the church. It's not the Philistines that are binding him. Because if you keep reading, it says that, that they say, look, um, we're, we're going to take you, 3,000. And, and don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done to us? And he answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. Verse 12, they said to him, to Samson, we've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. It's not even the enemy that's tying him up. It's not even the enemy that is paralyzing his mission. It's not even the enemy that is bound, binding him up from arms and hands and, and, and taking him to the enemy. It's not even that. It's the people. It's God's people. It's the people that he's supposed to be over. And Samson said, swear to me that you will not kill me yourselves. And all of a sudden... The enemy doesn't even have to do anything because the enemy spirit penetrated the church. And now Samson, who represents the church, the church is bound. The church is tied up. The church is paralyzed. The church is immobile. The church is no longer effective. The church is no longer fulfilling its assignment. The church is no longer impacting this community. The church is no longer sending and making an impact to the nations by our missions giving. The church is paralyzed. The church is no longer doing what God called it to do. The TV cameras are no longer taking us to Enlace, Spanish TBN, to reach millions and millions in the nations that, that God has called us to do. And all of a sudden, we're tied. All of a sudden, we, we, we can't do anything. And this is what they did. I'm in verse 14. Listen. As he approached Lehi. Listen closely. 
the Philistines came towards him shouting. I mean, they're already coming with a bang. I mean, they're, they're shouting. They're already counting their chickens before they're hatched. They're already celebrating a victory that they assume they have, but they don't. Stay with me. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. The ropes on his arm became like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Now, here is Samson bound by his arms and bound by his hands. You see, your hands and your arms represent what you do. Your arms and your hands represent productivity. You receive a paycheck if you work because of what you did with your arms and your hands, which represent your work. And all of a sudden, Samson's hands and arms are bound and tied. He's not doing. You see, the hands are powerful. One man with his hand can stop all the traffic on both sides of I-45. Hello? The hands, if you can't talk, you could still use your hands and, and, and communicate. The hands that can grab and hug. Are you listening? Hands are powerful. Yet he is bound. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. That's not even my message here. I'm, I'm getting to my message in a moment. And all of a sudden, when the church is apathetic, when the church has lost its vision, when the church is oppressed, when the church binds the mission that the church is supposed to accomplish. One thing is that Samson told them, just, just promise me you're not going to kill the church totally. Promise me you're not going to close the doors. Promise me you're, just, just promise me you're not going to kill it. I'll go with you. But promise me. And what made me realize and what made me see something in this passage that you probably have skipped and didn't even see is this. That while the church is acting that way, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And the ropes in his arms became like charred flax and the bindings dropped from his hands. All of a sudden, this guy is, is full of the Spirit of God. Everything that's binding him loses him. And I say, okay, wait a minute. What provoked that? What caused that to happen? What happened? What took place? I don't see in that verse anything different that, 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 that took place that would cause the Spirit of God to come upon him and, and, and break out of that. There had to have been something because everything is negative. Everything, the, 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 the people of Judah have silenced their praise. The, Judah, the people of Judah have fallen under the, the, the manipulation of this Philistine spirit, and yet all of a sudden the spirit of God comes upon him. Listen closely, it breaks him free from his what he's bound, and then verse 15 give me gave me the answer. Listen to what it says. Finding a fresh jawbone of the donkey, he grabbed it and struck it down, struck down a thousand men. Every time we talk about this story, we always say Samson killed a thousand Philistines with a jawbone, which is true. But there is a word that we leave out that makes the whole difference. Because according to my Bible, and probably yours too, 
It says this, finding a fresh jawbone. Fresh jawbone. Most of the time when we talk about the jawbone, we seem to believe that that donkey was already a skeleton. That that donkey had been there for months. That it had already decayed. And when Samson gets there, it's just an animal that apparently had died, become a skeleton, and it just so happened that it was there. But if you read that word that says a fresh jawbone, it implies that it has not decayed yet. It implies that it's not been there for weeks and months. It implies that it's not something that had died a year ago and now you just so happen to stumble over the bones that are there, that are left over. That the vouchers had already months ago or years ago had already eaten the flesh of that animal and now all that's left, oh, a jawbone and, and that he grabbed and he just accidentally stumbled into that. So I wondered, why does it say a fresh jawbone? And if it's a fresh jawbone, it couldn't have been there too long. If it's a fresh jawbone, there's still flesh tied to it. It's decomposing, but, but it's not a skeleton yet. And so I began to figure, try to figure out why would it say a fresh jawbone? Why would it say that it was a fresh jawbone that, that, that he found? And, and so I, I, I want to submit to you as I come to a close the following. I want to believe that this is what happened. Because according to Exodus 13, 13, listen to what it says. Redeem with a lamb. What? Every what? Firstborn what? Donkey. That whenever you have a firstborn donkey, the way you keep it, the way you redeem it, you have to give a lamb. You have to offer God a lamb for that firstborn donkey. But then it says this, that if you don't have that lamb to offer it, to redeem it, what do you have to do to it? Huh? You have to break its what? Its neck. So this is what I... I submit to you as my argument of what could have happened on that day. Here's the people of God that are under oppression. They have been under the powerful rule of the Philistines. If you read the book of Judges and you read, they're hiding in caves and trying to stay away as much as they can from the oppression of the enemy. So I believe one day, he receives this firstborn donkey. And they are excited and they are happy because they're believing, wow, we have this new donkey that we can all of a sudden begin to plow the land and work it. The wife of this man probably said, oh, my love, not only after you, 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 you 
plow and, 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 and be able to, to sow seed when we get the harvest. I'll be able to put the harvest on this donkey and carry it into town and sell it. This is a blessing. We are now going to see the fruit of the land that we're going to be able to sell it and take it. You had a young guy, a young son, about maybe 16 years old, says, Dad, 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 I'm 16 years old. I can now drive a donkey. And I've already told my girlfriend that I've got a donkey and we don't have to walk anymore. I'm going to pick her up on this donkey. This has to be a blessing from God. Hello, somebody. They're all excited. Wow, I can't, I can't believe this. Wow. The daughter says, man, I, I don't have to walk and bring bags of grocery anymore. I've got me a donkey that I can ride and go and do what i got to do. So the whole family is happy. The whole family is seeing it as a blessing from God because they've been under oppression. They've been in lack for too long. They've been oppressed and manipulated and robbed by the spirit Philistine. And so all of a sudden, they're all happy. We've got ourselves a donkey oh I can't wait I've already told my girl be ready I'm gonna pick you up on a brand new donkey and we both gonna ride this baby and, and, and mom is already saying I can't wait till we have the harvest I'm gonna be going down buy some corn people I got corn I, I got some green beans and, and I'll be with the donkey full of all the produce from the land and, and the father saying man I don't have to push the till I don't have to push anymore and, and try to till the land uh, I, I, I got a donkey that I can be behind and go go baby come on Betsy pull this plow and, and, and I'm gonna be and so they're all excited but all of a sudden as they're talking about what they're going to do they begin to see the countenance of the father change and the wife comes and says honey what's What's wrong? He goes, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is a blessing from God. We've been in need for so long. Look, God has blessed us. Son says, Dad, what's up, Dad? Man, you don't, you don't have to work as hard anymore. I've got this donkey that can plow. Why are you down? He says, because there's a law. Before God, that says that every firstborn donkey has to be redeemed by a lamb. And he looks up to them and he says, and we don't have a lamb. What? We, we don't have a lamb. So, so what are you saying? I'm saying we don't have a lamb. We can't keep the donkey. It belongs to God. What? Dad, you got to be kidding me. Can't you see this is a blessing in times of need? And by the way, I done told old Betsy Lou that I'm picking her up in this donkey. The wife says, honey, but, but God's going to understand that we're in need and that we got to use this. Because we need it. I, I, I know there's a law, but, but God's understanding. And, and the father begins to say, no, there's, there's a law of God that says if we don't have the donkey to redeem it, it belongs to God because it's the first thing. You're not going to kill it. I, I can't stay with it. you got to be kidding. I can't stay with it. 
And all of a sudden, he finds himself between two things. Do I give in to the circumstance that I'm in and take what belongs to God? Or do I trust God and give God what belongs to him and trust that he'll make a way? That's the dilemma. So on one side, you have Samson being escorted by, the, by Judah to the enemy. Okay? On the other side, you have a father with his family debating, do I stay with the donkey or do I give it to God because it belongs to him? Do I give in to my circumstance and take it because I need it? Or do I trust God and give it to God and trust that he'll be Jehovah Jireh? Many of us have been in the crossroads of that. Yet, you don't know what God is wanting to do. So, on one side, got Samson coming in as a prisoner. On the other side, you have a man that decides to trust God and obey God because that's what God says. Listen to me. God is no respecter of persons. He is a respecter of principles. Say that again. Let me put it to you this way. God, doesn't matter if you're red, yellow, black, blue, white, whatever. He died for all of us. But just because he died for you doesn't mean you're saved and forgiven. The principle is you accept Christ as your personal Savior. And you acknowledge that he's the only way, the truth, and the life to get to heaven. That's the principle. So you can be red, yellow, black, and white. And yeah, we're all precious in his sight. But not all the precious in his sight will go because there's one principle. The principle is that you accept Christ as your personal Savior. And you know that he is your Lord and that he gave his life. And only his blood can forgive you from your sins. That is the principle. That's why you can have all kinds of people here. But not everybody will go to heaven unless they follow the principle. That's why you had in the middle Jesus and you had one thief here and another thief here. The principle is you understand that he is the Savior. One said, no, you get down from the cross that we may believe in you. The other guy said, even you insult him. Hey, remember me, tells Jesus, when I come into that kingdom, when you enter into that kingdom. And he says, you know what? Today you'll be with me. In Are you listening to me? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's for everyone. But the principle is, there's a, there's a saying, you can take a horse to the whole, but you cannot make them drink water from it. Are you understanding? The principle is you can be dying from thirst, but the principle is until you drink from that water, you'll die, not just because and anybody can come. Jesus said, whoever's thirsty, let them come to me. I'm trying to get to you that the principle, it's what matters. Not God does not care who it is, but he does care that we do his principle. So once again, there are principles here, and this man is telling his family, yes, we could do it and yes we could have the donkey and yes we can nourish it but there is a principle that will either bless us or will curse us that will either bless us or will curse us and I don't want the curse of God in my life I want the blessings of God in my life and if anybody's going to fail it's not going to be me because I'm going to give God what he belongs to God and I surely know that God cannot fail he will be faithful to what he said he would do so he finally says, I wish I could stay with this donkey. I 
what do you wish? I said, but it belongs to God because it's the first. That's why I believe in first fruits. That's why I believe that out of every check that I receive from my salary, the tithe comes out. That's why whenever I go preach and I'm blessed with the love offering, the tithe is the first, the first thing that comes out, not the last thing if I have enough. And so this man goes, takes it out of the camp, and goes to, without him knowing what's going to happen, all he knows is I'm going to trust God and obey God. And he brings that little donkey, says, God, I, you know how much I need you. I don't have the lamb that's required to save it. So because I don't have it, then it belongs to you. And because I love you, I give this to you in obedience. And he breaks that donkey's neck. He leaves the donkey there. Okay, I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't know the purposes that you have for it. All I know, I'm trusting your word and I'm giving to you what belongs to you. And he leaves. Yet while he leaves, a few days later, a few days later, here comes Samson. Right where that sacrifice was. And you know what the Lord told me? He says, I love Bringing your enemies to where you put your sacrifice in obedience so that I can share that. What provoked the power of God to come on this man was that days or maybe weeks before, there was a man willing to trust God and give his first donkey because he didn't have the lamb to buy it. So when Samson comes, listen to what it says. It says that it was a fresh double. And the Spirit of God came on Samson. He breaks everything that's holding him, gets the head of that donkey, and pulls the meat out that might be there decaying to get the jawbone. Because it was, say with me, fresh. Say fresh. One more time, fresh. You see, it wasn't a tithe, a back pay tithe from last month. It wasn't a back pay tithe of two weeks ago because I needed to borrow the money because I didn't have enough for whatever it is. Say with me, fresh. It was fresh. Hot off the press. Hello. Dice en español, así contaditos, fresquecitos, crisp. Hello? You know what I'm talking about? I say crisp, dog. You even go like that. Huh? And then you want to count it again because when they're fresh, they tend to stick together. And y'all want to make sure when you're paying somebody that an extra 10 doesn't go stuck in there. Hello? Because they're fresh. And there's something about a fresh jawbone. 
that provokes God to bring your enemy at the right place where your sacrifice was so that God could show himself off. And the Bible says, I'm about to close, that he gives to God what belongs to God. Verse 18 says, because he was very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, you have given your servant this great victory. Listen closely. I said at the beginning that there is a blessing when you obey God. So here's a guy that now says, must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these uncircumcised? And verse 19 then God opened the hollow. Do you know what a hollow is? A hollow is like a little cave. A hollow is like a little uh, where water would gush out. It's a hollow. It had been dried for a long time. Nothing had come out of that. But after they gave God what belonged to God, and they trusted God in the midst of their circumstances. Because those circumstances that you're in, even in times of financial trouble, God wants to know if you trust him or not. God wants to know if you have faith that he still is Jehovah, your provider. God wants to know and check and see if you're going to say the way you always say. Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. God wants to know if you could still get up and shake yourself off like Job and say, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. God wants to know if you're still able to say, I will bless the Lord at all times, in the good and in the bad in the mountain and in the valley in the good times and in the bad times I will bless the Lord at all times his praises shall be listen continually in my mouth I may not be where I'm supposed to be but continually his praise will be in my mouth I may not be where God wants me to be yet but there's one thing God can count on I will continually praise him I may not be in God's camp the way I should be and I somehow find myself in the enemy's camp surrounded by enemies but even then the enemy can count on this, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. And when they obeyed, then God opened the hollow place and water came out of it. I've come to tell somebody that this week you're going to see water come out of what had been dried. You're going to drink. The Bible says that when Samson drank, some of you are about to drink from the waters that God is going to provide. There has been lack. There has been uh, uh, not enough. There has been all kinds of, but you are about to drink uh, from God's fountain. The Bible says that he that has thirst, let him come to me and drink. You're about to drink in the next couple of days the blessings of God. What seem to have been hollow and dry are going to burst out as well springs of water. Some of you are going to get some opportunities to, to expand. Some of you are going to get outside jobs from what you're doing and they're going to pay you more in that outside job you did than what you're getting from the guy you're working for. God is about to allow you to drink the water that's going to satisfy that need. God is about to give you a drink of that water that's going to satisfy that craving. Are you listening to what I'm saying? God's about to give you a drink of that water that's going to meet and see that dream come to reality. God is about to 
to open up the wellsprings in your life because you've been obedient, because you've been faithful, because you've trusted God. Not only that, it says Samson drank. His strength was returned and revived. There is going to be replenishment in your life, in your situation, whether it's your body, whether it's your finances, whether it's with your family relationship. God is willing to restore all of that if you can only trust God. You, when you come and you've brought your offerings or when you text your offerings or give online or the way you give, I want you to understand that you are actually giving and you're taking a jawbone because it's fresh. I just got it. I got it Friday and I've got my tithe out. It's fresh and God is going to meet in the spiritual. He is going to allow my enemies to meet with my sacrifice and God is going to do something in the spiritual realm that will affect the natural realm. You see, it's, it's we had the last, not this one that just passed, we had the last Blood moon. You remember that? And right after that, there was a great phenomenon that took place. We had all these hurricanes that took place and devastations that took place. We just had supposed to be the biggest blue, red moon. I don't know why they call it blue, red moon or blue, but they called it blue something. It was the biggest. I got to see that. I was on my way to Corpus to speak at the Bible college over there. And, and got up, I was got up about 6.30, it was about 7, and I saw this humongous moon and, and the shadow of it already covering most of it. Something begins to shift. Something begins to take place. If you don't, if you don't believe me, start looking at the news, and even the things that seem to have been going one way are going to give a twist and turn a different way. I believe that the same thing, that when something happens in the heavenlies, it affects the earth. I believe in the spiritual realm, the same thing. Something will happen when you're giving your tithe and your offering to God. That in the spiritual realm, God will bring your enemy to that sacrifice. And God is going to blow your mind Away in what he is going to do. Maybe that's not the right choices of words with everything that's happening at schools and everything. But God's just going to astound you with what he's going to do. All because of a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Fresh. I want to believe with you that the rest of this year... You will see the blessings of God. The Bible says, and I don't talk. Y'all know. Y'all been here long enough. Y'all know I don't talk much about finances. I don't talk about. But I do believe I have a gift of God for that. I remember speaking at a convention. Not speaking. They asked me to see if I could raise the offering for that convention. And they're all timed. And they said, um, you got three minutes. I go, you want a three-minute offering? You want a ten-minute offering? I need at least 10 minutes. He goes, well, uh, on the program, you only have three minutes. Okay, I'll go up, say a prayer, and let them come. Or, so finally, the director, Michael Fernandez, says, hey, give pastor your 10 minutes. And in those 10 minutes, when the young people came to give their offering, in that first night Thursday, they had picked up their whole budget and more than what they had in the past in the three nights or the three offerings that they took at the night. 
I remember Michael telling me, we're not even going to make emphasizing the offerings anymore. We don't need to. Our budget's met. Never done that. I was this weekend, two weekends ago, speaking at a conference of, of some churches. And I went back this weekend just to accompany Elder Rock. And the pastor tells me, I got, I got to tell you something. You're going to get another offering. I go, for what? I just came to, to accompany my son. He goes, no, no, it has nothing to do with this. It has to do with the week before. I go, but you gave me the offering the week before. He goes, yeah. He goes, but since you had to leave so fast, we just wrote out a check normally the way we always have in the past. He goes, but that night that you preached, he goes, not only the first night was the most big attendance, that second night we had never had an attendance like that in the past. And in that offering, when you left, when everything was done and we started counting the offerings and closing everything out, a lady came with an envelope and told us, the Lord told me I was going to give an offering today. He was going to indicate when, though. And when that pastor was preaching, the Lord told me, go to the car and get the offering now. This is the moment. He goes, so when she brought that offering, he goes, I'm not going to tell you to disclose the amount, but pastor, all I can say is that you and your son are getting a bonus here because we don't feel right after all this coming. We've never experienced that. I was three weeks ago doing a missions convention. They normally pick up 30,000 in pledges for the year to give to missions. I go and I speak, and the pastor says, I need for you to challenge the people again. Over $60,000 were pledged, doubled already, of what they had pledged the year before for missions. What am I saying? There's specific moments in time. And you can't go wrong with God. You can invest in Wall Street. You can invest the Dow Jones. And it will go up and down. There are key moments. But with God, there are no downers. With God, it's always an increase. And there are key moments and seasons. And I've said it from the very beginning of this year. That this is the favorable year of the Lord. Where it says, you will arise and you will come to Zion for the time of its favor has come. And I want to challenge you to be faithful to God this year. So that you don't miss out on what God wants to do and how God wants to astound you and marvel you with what he can do. That you'll learn to give the jawbone of a donkey fresh. Not back pay. And if you back pay, you ought to give interest. You're borrowing something that belongs to God. Hello, somebody. Huh? I want to challenge you that this year you could change the whole scope and the whole area of many areas of your life. If you could just learn this principle, to give God what belongs to God. And God will be in charge of bringing your enemies to your sacrifice. And God will say, and because they obeyed and there's a sacrifice. You may not know it. It's your sacrifice. You worked all week for that paycheck. You sacrificed your life for that paycheck. Your whole life is going in there. And if you were to die, they'd probably bury you with your paycheck. 
so they wouldn't have to cash it. So every time you bring your offering and your tithing, you're bringing actually blood and sweat from you. Your life is in there because you gave 40, 50 hours of your life towards a big or a little amount that you give. And God says, if you can be faithful and make it fresh, I will bring your enemies to that same spot. And because they will see that, I will make sure, like it says in, in, in Malachi, that I will open the windows of heaven. I will bless you till you can't contain it anymore. But it also says this, and I will rebuke the devourer from you. You can't go wrong in bringing God to what belongs to God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and please continue your hand raised. The Bible says that our people perish because of lack of knowledge. I pray that today you have more knowledge of his word and his principles than you did before you came here. That we don't just come because they said, I have to do it. No, I understand what I am doing, and that's why I do it. There's a blessing. There's a covering. God will use whatever I give him to the advancement of his kingdom, to the advancement. You know, this church is going to be paid off this year, around June, July. We're going to be debt-free. Some of you are new here. You've never seen us sell food out there because we've got to make the payments. You've never seen us sell food out there because we don't have enough for this life, life here. Y'all don't know, but from the building that we came from that was in the Heights, it was about half the size over here, half of this building, and, and maybe a little bit closer if there's curtains here. So half, only 200 people, 200 chairs fit there. When I took the church 25 years ago, the church had just been paid off five years. Then they had tax issues that I had no idea they had. And I told God, what on earth am I doing in this church? This isn't my fault. I just got here. Now I got to deal with these tax issues or whatever. They're going to seize the property. They're going to, it was a mess. Church was paid. Think about this. You have an $800 $800 maybe light bill a month the church is paid for and from one moment to another you have a $7,000 mortgage and a $4,000 light bill the biggest light bill we've had here in the summer $12,000 not once have you seen us go out there and have a barbecue plate to pay the church mortgage to pay any bill of this church there are pastors that ask me how do you do that because all the offerings that we pick up in the church services go to the church account the only offerings that this church runs on are the three offerings that we pick up Sunday morning this service and the next one that's coming Throughout the week, if you come, the offerings that are picked up are for each department for what they have to do and how they need to run. You see food that's selling out there. 
It's not to pay the bills here. It's because we're going to a camp. It's because we want to give to missions. It's because we're going to this retreat. It's because we want to buy something that, that, that we want, this department wants, whatever. It, we don't, every department has an activity for their fund. Three services we have on Sunday and only on those three services. What you give, we try to administer with our financial committee. And God has been faithful that June or July of this year, this whole property, 18 acres, would be debt-free for the honor and the glory of God. And you know why? For people like you that freshly come and give God what belongs to God. And God honors that. That property is supposed to be the new property for a new sanctuary that will sit about 2,000 people there. I believe we'll see that. I believe I may preach a few sermons from that pulpit in that new sanctuary. And God will give it to us and grant us all favor, the favorable year of the Lord. That's why I'm saying if there's ever a time to be faithful to God with your tithes and offerings, it's now favorable year of the Lord. Would you stand up as we sing the song? Come to this altar. I want to pray that God will bless you job and your business, your finances, your resources that fund. You will not lack in your house payment. You will not lack in your car. This year, there's not going to be any repos on nothing. You're going to be faithful, and God will show himself faithful. You're going to graduate. Look for that school you want to go to. You're going to graduate. Look for that college you want to go to. Watch how God is going to see you through. He's going to open up the hollow place. And you're going to be amazed. And you're going to drink from what you have given to God. There is a well that's about to burst open. And you're going to drink from it. You're going to be strengthened and revived. So I encourage you, I'm going to be faithful, freshly. I'm going to give God what belongs to God, the tithe. And I'm going to trust God. He will bring my enemies however he wants to use that tithe, but he'll bring my enemies to my sacrifice. And God will show himself off on my behalf. sing this. Say, God, I want to commit myself to you today. I want you to forgive me if I'm not giving my tithe fresh. But I want to seize the moment. This is the favorable year of the Lord. I want to seize the moment, Lord. This is the year that my dreams can come true.